You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Hello all, welcome to another edition of Hashtag Fully Books Meets. You're here with myself, Mace. Myself, French. Myself, Andrew. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Dr. Aria. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I like the pause. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, just a bit about you. You're a high-performance psychologist. You're also a established author and a long-term health specialist. Correct. Brilliant. Um, yeah, just just to kind of, we wanted to get a little about your story, then we can start asking about your your love of books and how it's helped you alongside your career and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead, please. So, going, going back, uh, I began training at medical school at Edinburgh, mm-hmm. and, and in the beginning it was all about really following the path of my parents. My dad was a doctor, my mum was a doctor, and I thought that was a sensible thing to do. I don't know if you guys have had it where your parents basically say you can be a doctor, mm-hmm. an accountant, or a lawyer. Or a failure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, if you don't do this already. <laughs> dichotomous. Yeah. Uh, and so I followed that route initially, but then my dad got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, okay. which is a type of cancer, and at the yeah. time, the prognosis was quite poor. And I took a sabbatical, took six months out to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, he's still here today. But one conversation I remembered, he said, we were, we're in the hospital, actually down here in London at the Marsden. Mm. And he said, look, if you don't want to be a doctor, don't do it for me. It's important you find your own path. And that meant a lot to me. It was almost like that permission that I needed to hear at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I took time off I began working for different charities and fundraising I actually began training as an actor anything to I was just drawn towards doing things which I enjoyed or that I found meaningful and and through that path eventually I found psychology okay and so I started off I went and studied psychology at St Andrews um, and did a four-year degree there and uh, had a scholarship to UPenn which is Ivy League in the States oh, wow. and that's where I met my co-author uh, for the Book of Mindful Year, mm-hmm. and then I did my doctorate in clinical psychology at UCL. Okay. Uh, and it was there at, yeah, it was there during the doctorate that you'd be working with people with anxiety or depression, uh, psychosis, bipolar, a whole range. But everything that connected it was, was the mind, and it's remarkable how powerful the mind is and how it can influence the thoughts you have, the feelings that you have, what you do on a daily basis. And I've always been fascinated mm-hmm. with the mind. So you've been that we we if you know if you don't know we do a lot of self development books, and yeah. it all tends to be mm-hmm. based around mindset. Um, one of our next subjects we're going to be doing is actually on psychology. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if you may have heard the book. Um, What's it called? A the psychology the psychopath test. The psychopath test. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're going to be discussing things like that. Um, in the field that you've you've done psychology, um, do you come across, I guess, extremes of psychopaths, so to speak? Yeah. So it's interesting. Whenever, even when we look at the, you know, the term psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, so psychopathy isn't necessarily a clinical term. Uh, we have um, different personality disorders, which are which are similar, but. I think what it really <coughs> looks at is that some people have l- very limited empathy. Okay. Oh. And what's fascinating is that there's a part of the brain that is responsible for empathy. Mm. Now, if your brain is structured in such a way that you don't feel empathy, that you aren't able to connect to what someone else might be thinking or feeling, that you can't put yourself into their shoes, yeah. what's always amazed me is how that really brings into then the question of free will and responsibility because if you're unable to be empathic naturally your actions are going to be led down a certain path and i think i think often what when you look at some of the data what often differentiates people that go down a road of potentially uh hurting others and being you know destructive force and those which are highly functioning within society is that when they're being brought up 
they've got at least one positive source in their life. You know, it could be a caring parent or friend or teacher in order to guide and direct them. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of it, for me, what's fascinating is so much of, of where we are today is from the accidents of birth. It's factors which are completely outside of our control. It's to do with the family we were brought up with, the religion that we were taught, the you know the amount of money that our family had, the opportunities we were given, uh, the way that we we're taught to relate to people. And so some people, unfortunately, are given a harder deal than others. And and I think whenever we realise that and we appreciate it, we can we just the judgment drops because it's not one person isn't a better person than another. One person isn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing better than someone else. We're all trying our best and we're all finding ways to improve ourselves. But there is scope. The good thing is there is scope wherever we are to take one step forward, you know, on a mental level, an emotional level, a spiritual one. I was, yeah, I was going to ask you in regards to that. So if you come from a uh, less fortunate background and yeah. the mindset that you've the environment you've, brought, you've been brought up in is negative yeah. do you think that that mindset is set or can it be moulded to be positive in terms of reading the right books having the right conversations or is it a case of they've grown up in the environment mm-hmm. it's a set thing now that's their that's their they've got no emotional feelings and having empathy and things like that yeah Science has been handy in that regard. So we used to think that the brain it has a, a period of growth where it will change the most, mm-hmm. potentially up to the age of seven. And then after that, it might be set in its ways, so to speak. But actually, we know that it's, so it's called neuroplasticity. It's the ability of the, of the brain to change. That is a quality that our brains have continually. Mm-hmm. So no matter what age you are, no matter what stage in life you are, there is always potential to create a new neural path in your brain, which is a new way of thinking. And when you have a new way of thinking, it can open up then new behaviours and new actions. And so while we might be dealt a really difficult uh, set of cards, we can train the brain to be able to, instead of just reacting out of emotion and reacting out of anger or fear or a sense of in, injustice at the hand we've been dealt. Instead, we can find a way of responding, you know, more effectively or efficiently or with more wisdom or compassion towards ourselves and the people around us. Mm-hmm. And so a message which I'm always really keen to promote is that even although it might be more difficult for someone, like you're saying, absolutely, there is a way through reading the right books and listening to podcasts like this and mm-hmm. um, and just learning about your mind that you can you can absolutely improve. Mm-hmm. And it's actually something I listened to. Um, so I was on a podcast with Steve Bartlett. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're aware of him. He's one called yeah. Diary of a CEO. Uh, and he was saying that a lot of the time, often we can also find an excuse to be able to explain why we are where we are. Okay. And actually that can be quite comforting. So we can often, it might appear quite controversial, but we might think, okay, because of my background or my upbringing, I can't get to where I am. Yeah. But there are different, I think it's important to have different examples or role models of people that actually, you know, he came from poverty in an African country and is now CEO of a multi seven or potentially even eight figure um, company. Mm-hmm. And so even latching on to other people that you've seen find a way forward and following their journey can be really helpful. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee was going to ask something. I was, it was touching back to your point. You, you asked it better than I would have, to be fair. I was going to ask about the whole nature and nurture. Can you learn to be empathetic, which you, which you pretty much answered. And I'm assuming um, in that same respect, if you're someone who's naturally or more, more empathetic than, say, your average person and certain situational scenarios happen, you can actually begin to... Turn, tone that down almost and mm. become colder to your environment is that would you say that's a fair statement or not tell me more about that so say for instance you're naturally a caring you can you, you you're good at reading people's situations and people's feelings but yeah. then maybe you feel like t- people take your kindness for weakness or they take you for granted and then all of a sudden there might be situations which occur which you feel people have actually 
um, for lack of a better phrase or term, taking the piss, taking advantage of you. Yeah. And you think, okay, I'm going to close myself off a bit, shut myself off where I'm less empathetic. Is that, do you think that's something that can occur as well? Or Yeah, no? absolutely. And I think, I think the key thing which you're hitting upon really yeah. is that sense of balance. Yeah. And, and in everything, I mean, that's one of the key, key elements I work with with my clients is finding that balance. So you could be like you're saying, naturally drawn to be empathic, and compassionate and caring. Yeah. But in a relationship, you might then end up giving, 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 yeah. but then not expecting or not creating conditions where you're also receiving too. And in relationships, it can be, become very one-sided. And the problem is whenever, if you set up that dynamic, actually we can create a situation where inadvertently, we're just creating a very one-sided relationship. And eventually that person, their fountain can in a way run dry or the other person can just take them for granted. And so I think it's then about the giving out of love, but then also having, having boundaries and having knowing, what, knowing your worth and knowing what you need as well and communicating that. So it doesn't have to be even shutting yourself down and being less loving, mm. but it can be, it can, it's about being really honest and open about what you need and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned your father, but is there like yeah. any one experience which kind of led you down the path of psychology? It was, it, it was actually in the hospital that related to psychology. Um, two things. One was I noticed that the different people on, on the ward how they were whenever I met them didn't always match up with the level of severity of their illness. And so you could have, I remember one, one man who, who only had um, a set period of time to live, but he was really joyful mm. and appreciative and would always make me laugh. Mm -hmm. And I met other people who I would have thought had a couple of days to live and it wasn't uh, terminal. And I realised that, gosh, it's not always what's happening to us doesn't have to, to necessarily dictate how we respond. And actually we can't control what happens to us, but what we can control is the way that we begin to view a situation. And even for that man, there were things in his life for which he was so grateful. Like he still found joy and appreciation and gratitude because he had that one moment in which he was alive and that's what he connected to. And that was really inspiring. Um, and the other thing was whenever was yeah my dad was whenever he he'd begun to and I don't really share this but he because he thought he only had maybe five or six months to live I think he'd begun to shut down and he'd begun to say his goodbyes and he'd begun to prepare for no longer being here but when that moment came and then we're told that he'd gone into remission. I would have expected if someone told me that I would have expected we all would have been like Over the moon. dancing yeah. and you know, like mm, totally yeah. laughing and yeah. high fives and hugs. But he really struggled. He and and actually w suffered from kind of feelings of of depression and low mood because it was such a big change and mm. and a and a clinical psychologist at this time really helped. And I just realized so much of 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 our day to day life of how we feel comes down to our mind and we're often just not, we're not taught it mm. you know we don't we're not aware of how the mind works so then it's like trying to build an ikea wardrobe without the manual mm -hmm. good luck even, <laughs> even with the manual to honest, with the manual yeah good luck yeah. in the dark yeah. it, like seven glasses of wine with one hand behind your back like, it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky <laughs> Um, I was going to move on to like how being a top performance psychologist, yeah. how do you get, how do you almost find someone's baseline and build them up from, I guess, not to say your dad's situation, but yeah. just uh, your average person that may be in a rut, so to speak, yeah. and they're feeling down on their luck and they want to, their mindset is, it's almost in a cycle. It's like, okay, I can't get this job because I can't, I haven't got these qualifications or I haven't got this experience or whatever it may be, but yeah. it's a constant cycle. So how do you bring them out from a level of being down to, to being a top performer? Yeah. Yes. Just before you answer that as well, yeah. just because it's going to add to French's question. Mm. And how also 
are clients referred to you or do you do they seek you out? How does that how does that work as well? How does it how do you how do they how do they come into contact with yourself? Yeah. And then go on to into <laughs> yeah, <finish this. laughs> That's good. So I could I could explain how how it sort of developed. Yeah. Uh, so my doctoral research was on sustainable weight loss. I was looking at what are the psychological processes, what are the behaviours involved in losing weight and keeping it off? Because the data over the last 50 years shows that essentially any diet can work temporarily. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you're low fat, low carb, uh, initially people lose weight, but then they gradually regain any lost weight and up to two thirds regain more weight than they lost initially. And so I was involved in uh, the first scalable weight loss maintenance intervention trial in the UK. And I was interviewing participants and finding find out what is the yeah the psychology involved and from that I built a model a three-part model to understand what people go through and the university uh, were very encouraging and said why do you try using that with clients and that's where it started and then I began working with often people who were extremely successful from a career point of view mm. but they'd lost that sense of balance and their health had suffered or, or even the relationships have suffered. And actually, while initially it began as weight loss, what came up much more was building up emotional resilience, being able to understand how your mind affects what you do. And it sort of, you know, we, we'd started off with weight loss, but then it would go to health in different ways or relationships or, or their work and then being able to find a way of living in the moment so that they can improve their performance. So now I work across sustainable weight management and then and high performance. So people that might, their weight isn't an issue, but what they want to do is be able to push the needle and understand how their mind might be holding them back in terms of self-limiting beliefs or emotions are getting in the way. It could be for an actor preparing for a role or a sportsman uh, wanting to be at their peak mm-hmm. or uh, someone in finance wanting to have more clarity and calmness to be able to perform when it comes to a fundraising or, or whatever it might be. But the key, go back to now what you're asking, the key, oh, and in terms of referrals, now it's generally, because I do quite a lot in the media for uh, magazines or podcasts yeah. um, or word of mouth, someone's worked with someone who then recommend okay. uh, me on. I um, Yeah, I don't have Facebook ads. <laughs> <laughs> and then the key is to appreciate that we're all at a different stage and it's, and it's starting wherever we are, wherever we are right now. And I'll take a t- twofold approach. One is understanding our mind better because one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that we have a thought and we instantly take it to be true. So the mind actually has a mind of its own. It's constantly coming up with ideas, judgments. It's like a running commentary. You know, you're walking down the street and it'll come up with ideas of... Just to cut yeah. you, would you say that's ego or a separate mind or mind, your mind's mind as you just explained it? Yeah, so you could have, you could have different, you could have uh, different labels for it. You could call it the ego. Um, which is more of a, like a often a sort of Freudian um, heritage, mm-hmm. or even just looking at it from the point of view of it being, uh, yeah, from cognitive theory, it's like an internal running commentary. Mm-hmm. And it's always there, and, and we always have it. Uh, you could be in a conversation, but then you're thinking about something else, or, you know, you see you see a, a picture and it reminds you of a memory or uh, can you relate to that? Can yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, to You're the point. Me. No, no, no I, I'm <laughs> definitely with you. I mean, to the point, I've said this to these lot recently. Yeah. When I think of things, um, I make sure I write them down immediately because sometimes I'm thinking, oh my God, that's a great thought. And it could be anything. It could be yeah. about dinner or it could be a line about yeah. something I want to write about in a book. 
but I make sure I write it down immediately because I know that thought will be passing like within minutes if I don't yeah. take real stock. These are laughing. But I don't take stock. I don't take stock of this thought. Yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm laughing because yeah. I'm like, where's the storm coming from? <laughs> oh, oh, there's always, there's always a storm brewing. I'm yeah. laughing because you'll forget something as you're speaking about. It. <laughs> no, 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 I really do. I really do. I really do. That's why I think it's really important to take note. Or yeah. Note down some of your thoughts. Yeah. Mm. But what's fascinating is you're already doing it where you're noticing the thoughts coming and it mm. almost hasn't even come from you. You're thinking, that's a brilliant thought. Who's that guy? Sounds like, <laughs> who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I need to listen yeah. to him more often. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And you can take a note of it. Now, sometimes we can come up with brilliant thoughts, mm. empowering ones, constructive ones. You know, when we're planning, we get a moment of uh, creativity. And that's wonderful. But at other times, our minds can tip into a spiral of negativity. Yes, yes. And it can go to anxiety about anxious thoughts about the future. What if that doesn't happen? What if I don't get that? Or it could go to regrets about the past. Ah, mm. oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I wish I'd handled that better. Oh, because I didn't get this job promotion, it means that I've, I've missed out or... And whenever we tip into that cycle, if we get caught in that too much, Luke, can you relate to it? Big t- yeah, I'm with you right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. big time. I'm just waiting for what you're going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> how do I like, if I, if I tip into it, how do I straight away just level myself back out? Yeah. That's what I want to know, man. Well, it's about the first step is, is becoming aware of it. Yeah. Because one of the biggest mistakes is, that, and we, in psychology we call it fusion. We become fused with the thought. So one way to think about it is there's us, there's the thoughts, and then there's reality happening. Mm-hmm. But we become fused with the thought. We just take the thought to be true. And we don't even question it. And we just accept it wholeheartedly. And often not only do we take the thought, but we run with it, we expand on it. Mm-hmm. So if, um, if you have a relationship breakup, you know, we're thinking about how much we've lost. We've lost a person that we love or, you know, their family or their friends. And then our minds might tip into, what if I don't find someone else? Or what was wrong with me that that person left me? Mm-hmm. And it can just become a negative spiral. But if we know that that's what the mind does, it's actually trying to protect us, it's trying to come up with, it's trying to understand a situation. And we just, we can begin to see the thoughts as thoughts. It's like watching a film, you know, we can become immersed in a film, but if it gets too scary, you can take a step back and be like, well, do you know what? It's a film. It's a film. Yeah. Oh, I don't need that in my life. Yeah. I don't. I'm going to change the channel, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Give me a bit of comedy. Uh, and so, and that's a daily skill, just becoming aware of that. And you can reach a stage where you have a different relationship to your thoughts. You have the thoughts, but you don't buy into them. Because the other thing is the mind can be, did you want to? I mean, you're saying things, <laughs> you know, I want to use this, use Robin Williams as an example. I hope mm. I got his name right. And I was thinking you're, you're conscious of this, let's say this other voice, but then another voice bec- or that voice becomes empowering with negative thoughts. Is there a danger of those thoughts taking you to a place where you really shouldn't be or shouldn't go? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and the, the key is, I think it was Socrates actually, we'll bring it out, philosophy, said the art of an educated mind is to be able to entertain a thought without believing it. And, and you know, these are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Drop that big mic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's as simple and as difficult as that mm. because we just, we easily go into it. And a lot of the time where people struggle is whenever when the thoughts when the thoughts get dark and they get depressive and they get and we all have dark thoughts we all have messed up thoughts and we all have thoughts which we'd be ashamed to tell someone else about yeah, yeah. i've got those yeah <laughs> totally totally we, believe me we know <laughs> we know yeah. i'm in there too i'm in there too i've i've gone through difficult times in my life where my mind has come up with suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. And knowing that, or I know though that when my mind has come up with that, it's because it's trying to find an out. It's in pain mm-hmm. and it's trying to find a way out. Now, I didn't entertain those thoughts. I just could recognize, gosh, 
do you know what? I'm struggling right now. Yeah. I need to look after myself. Okay. I need to make sure I have more sleep or I talk to someone or maybe I would, you know, I need to go to therapy or I need to speak to someone close to me or mm-hmm. eat well or just look after myself. For someone else, they might have that thought and think, I need to kill myself mm-hmm. and go down that dark path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how would you direct someone if they was, if that's beside yourself, how would you yeah. direct someone that may not have the knowledge that you have in terms of, okay, I know it's a thought, I can see it's a thought, and I'm aware it's a thought and a thought only. Because yeah. a lot of people, as we know, act on their thoughts, especially yeah. men, especially yeah. young men. Absolutely. And it's a, it's, it's a big thing, as we know. We are statistically more higher to yeah. commit suicide yeah. than our female counterparts. Yeah. So what, what would, like, tips would you give to, to anyone, any young guys that are listening that are maybe having those thoughts? I would be, like you're saying, find, finding, um, potentially finding finding books, even starting with, I don't want to promote my own book here, but yeah, even starting with like yeah. A Mindful Year, yeah. because it just begins to drip feed different ideas <clears throat> and different practices that you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're already struggling, uh, there's a service called IAPT, which is, you know, increasing access to psychological therapies. I think I know that. Yeah, so I'm a psychologist and, and by speaking even to your doctor or to speaking to someone uh, in case therapy would be helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but in terms of like tips right now, just I, w- I would say just become familiar on a daily basis. I do it all the time. I just try and become familiar with the thoughts I'm having mm-hmm. and just notice them. The first step is just noticing it. Yeah. Noticing whenever my mind comes up with a judgment. Noticing whenever my mind says, you're such an asshole, like, why did you do that? <laughs> Whereas before, a couple of years ago, I, I would listen to my mind and I would believe feel it. awful and believe mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Now I'll listen to it and sometimes I'll even laugh. I'll be like, oh my goodness, that is, that's intense, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you give brother yourself. a break, really. Yeah, like, it wasn't yeah. that bad, you know, you just, you know, accidentally knocked over a cup of coffee or something, you, yeah. you know, it's... um. And then, and just beginning to to look after yourself in what in whatever way that may be, mm-hmm. and and just thinking about what do I what do I really need in my in my life right now? You're smiling. I'm laughing. You know what? <laughs> I'm in my mind because I've told you that I speak to myself in Spanish sometimes, and I'm thinking, am I entertaining this voice? Yeah. In terms of like having a com- having a, like, it's not so it's, uh, it's not. It's not negative thoughts. No, 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 no. It's not negative in any way, shape, or form. I'm talking about in terms of I could be driving and have genuinely having a real conversation with myself in Spanish, Mm. going back and forth, back and forth. And you actually do speak Spanish, though. Yeah, speak it. I mean, okay, I'm not going to go say yeah, I speak Spanish. Someone goes, no, you don't. Um, No, I speak it well enough to um, think in Spanish and then converse. So I may ask myself a question in my in my head, let's say, and then I will answer the question. And then for some, I must say for some strange reason, but. We'll go with that notion. For some mm-hmm. strange reason, there'll be another, there'll be a follow-up question, and yeah. then I will answer that question, and it will go on and on and on and on. Yeah, and then so the, the first step would, would be aware of that, and then you can you can choose to engage in it or not. And what you can begin to do is to develop another voice, and develop a voice which is more compassionate and more constructive. Mm-hmm. And so whenever that voice does give you something negative to work with, just keeping it in check and saying, do you know what? Actually, the reality of what I'm dealing with right now is I'm doing my best. I'm trying hard. And sure, there's, I, can, I can work on X, Y, and Z, but actually reminding yourself of the strengths and the qualities that you do have, you know, bringing to mind when things have gone well, mm. or knowing that even beginning to develop the belief, a belief that's really helped me is knowing that all will be well, mm. no matter what happens in my life no matter how hard things get, no matter how big the storm is, no matter how much I get knocked down, no matter how much I lose the people closest to me or things don't work out the way that I want them to, mm. all will be well. How do you, how do you maintain that though? Because mm. I, I, I keep a positive mindset and I like to have positive affirmations around me. And yeah. even when shit's going bad, I, I do feel like yeah, I could keep saying to myself things are going well, but if I look, if I open my eyes and see what's right in front of me, things are shit right now. Yeah. Like, how do you keep that mindset of things are well, even if you're repeating it and your eyes are open to, I guess, yeah. destruction that's happened in your life, whether it's a breakup or whether it's yeah. um, 
your business is fading or just just something that you find may find traumatic in your life yeah. what, what is it that you may do at that time I think there's two there's um, two elements to it mm-hmm. one is what we could almost call radical acceptance where it's about it's about accepting what is happening it's about seeing reality for what it is because what I don't want to uh, give the message is it's about pretending everything is okay mm-hmm. and saying there's no weeds in the garden when the weeds are rife hmm. or saying everything's fine when it's not. But it's about, on the one hand, accepting where we are. And in that, that means accepting what we're going through, accepting the thoughts we're having, accepting the feelings we're having. You know, I've gone through things in my life where when they've been really big and traumatic, I had a period of maybe two weeks where I, I cried every day mm-hmm. for hours. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about shutting down the emotion. It wasn't about pretending that I'm okay. It wasn't about pretending that I'm not hurt. It was about allowing the emotion to come and to go. And when you allow it to come and go, it passes through. And that's emotional resilience. Resilience isn't being invincible. Resilience isn't being unaffected. Resilience is taking the hit, but being able to stand back up. Resilience is not being on the floor for as long. It's about being able to still gather yourself. So initially, sometimes you need to just deal with the storm and find a way of getting through. And the way of getting through is accepting your feelings, like processing them, allowing... If you need to cry, cry. If you get angry, allow that anger to be there. We can be careful with our actions. You know, it doesn't mean going and hitting someone or, you know, taking destructive actions, but allowing the emotions to be there. But it's not about pushing them away and it's not about even also holding on to them too tightly. It's just about allowing them to pass. And then and then it's about also looking after yourself. I always go back to basics. When things get tough, it's back to basics. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating well enough? Am I going to the gym or going for a run? Am I speaking to the people that really have my back? that love me and that I trust? Mm -hmm. Am I doing all these simple things? Because these are things which get us through. And then the flip side I'd say is no matter, a little bit like going back to that that guy in the wards who didn't have long to live. And Mm -hmm. I've also worked with, uh, I used to work at Great Ormond Street Hospital with children with cancer and that end of life care. And I'd be working with the parents because how do you, if you know that your child has three months to live, you don't want to be going through those three months in misery and pain, caught up in in what you're going to have to deal with when you've got precious moments with your child right now. It's about then living in the moment and somehow just appreciating what you do have. Mm-hmm. And even when the worst things happen to us, the irony is they're still positive blessings in our life Mm -hmm. we might feel like we've been cursed but there's also a blessing there somehow and and i genuinely believe that at the heart of all suffering is one thing and that's a focus on what we do not have it could be a focus on the wife who left us Mm -hmm. or the parent who died or the child who died or the career that didn't happen or the recession that hit us and then wiped out our savings. But it's just to focus on what we do not have. When we shift that and then we do see what we do have, it creates a little bit of space for growth and for contentment and for a sense of calmness. And you can, you can build that you can build that and you can actually develop, you can, you can reach a place where your happiness no longer becomes dependent on anyone or anything. Sure, it would be great if we had these extra things, but we can have like a, a place of calmness where we know that all is well, all will be well because that is one element of my life and I need to deal with it, I need to process it. But there's still room for growth. Yeah, it, so- it sounds very much like <coughs> gratitude, being able mm. to be grateful for what you have in that moment, um, even if you've lost, as you said, a major loss, 
you can count your blessings no matter what they are. Def. Yeah. Sorry, um, um, I was going to say, in working with, whether it's, um, oh, so you work with very, a wide range of people. Yeah. So whether it's sports stars or an athlete, um, I can't think of uh, something on the other. Act, actress. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, how do you know, or when do you know, or when do you think he's got it and he'll be all right from here? I mean, what's the, the I say, an attribute or a sign that that person is finally, um, has got it and is going to, I know, is going to go on like a positive path there, I say. Mm. Different clients have different aha moments at different Thank times. Thank you, aha moments. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's often very difficult to predict when they'll come or in what form they'll come. But generally, you can tell when there's a, a sense of clarity and calmness that actually it's almost like it's almost like you're dropping the illusion of of any narrative which you've taken on. Because we all have, go back to the internal commentary, we all have a narrative about the story of our life. And some of them are, well, they're all made up. They're often taken from society that says we need to have X, Y, and Z to be happy, or from our parents who told us you are this type of person, or from a partner that um, shaped the way that we view ourselves. But you can see it whenever that person actually begins to to drop drop those stories which are unhelpful and and they just feel more grounded and they can see reality for what it is and they know that whatever comes their way they can then deal with it and would would that point usually be a client deciding that or would it be yourself or would it be a conversation between the two of you or is it is it is it just depend on the person is it sometimes i'm feeling a lot better um you know, I, I don't actually have to continue to have these sessions or mm. how does it usually work? So the, the way that I work is it's all about empowering the other person. Yeah. So my goal is to get, is for the other person to develop the mindset skills as quickly as possible that they no longer need to come and have a session with me. Alongside that, there's never... Often what I go over with clients though is there's never an end point. Well, there is in terms of seeing me, but there's never an end point in our journey. There's never a moment where we get it and we have it and it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, it's ongoing. It's every day because often we get it and we have that insight, we have that awareness, but then the next day we fall asleep and then the next day we, we, we wake up again and it, it's an ongoing practice. So when I'm working with people, it's not about often getting the outcome that they want within that time. It's developing the skills that they need to achieve that outcome so they can then continue day in, day out to move towards that. Because whenever we reach a goal, what happens? We often don't even celebrate. We don't give ourselves credit. We just create a bigger goal. Yeah, yeah it's done. It's <laughs> done. Yeah. Move on, on to the next one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, in regards to being an author, mm. how did that come about because I know you co-authored the book right yes yeah so whenever I was at UPenn I had a professor called uh, Dr. Seth Gillihan and we got on really well and I'd, after classes we'd often talk and then after the the uh, course finished we kept in touch and we'd go for lunch and we'd do you ever have that when you meet someone and you just hit it off and you, you often have quite you know deep conversations yeah. about life or mm. where you're at these fellas yeah, <laughs> what we're doing right now. <laughs> and we kept in touch. And then he he came over actually to the UK. <clears throat> and we had this moment where we were on a walk. And it was actually, he came over for, for my wedding mm -hmm. five years ago. And we had this moment, it was the day after the wedding, where everything seemed to make sense. You know, what was really important was clear to us. It was about family, friends, for me, faith. It was about appreciating the moment. It was about just even connecting with nature, like we're on a walk. It was feeling so grateful for life, for, for what we had. And, you know, it didn't matter how much money was in our bank account, what car we're driving, how big our house was. None of that factored into it. It was just being present and appreciating these simple things. Mm. 
and we're talking about it. And then we also, we had this like little fear that we, we, we kind of knew, you know, in a couple of weeks, though, we'll be back in the rat race. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be getting stressed about Wi-Fi not being fast enough <laughs> and uh, my cup of coffee not being at the right temperature and all these little things and, and trying to earn more, to be more, trying to think I need to achieve that in order to, you know, match where my peers are and, and all these things, which is part of a different kind of journey but really, I don't believe, leads to a deep sense of fulfillment and meaning in your life. Mm -hmm. And we kept on saying, how can we find a way to help each other? You know, just like brother to brother, how can we help one another? And eventually we came up with this idea, why don't we write to each other? So for a year in 2017, every day we wrote to each other, um, every other day, and we gave each other a quote, uh, a mindful passage, it could be related to philosophy or a psychology experiment or just uh, one of your brilliant ideas that came to your head. Yeah. About, yeah. <laughs> got a few things in it. And then an invitation, something very simple, digestible, accessible for that person to think about that day or to put into practice. And we did that for a year. And then we had this manuscript and then Blackstone Publishing in the States read it and said they really liked it and wanted to turn it into a book. Okay. Yeah. Good so, concept. Yeah, no, I was just saying it's a good concept. Thank you. Thank you. It's, essentially, it's a, yeah, back and forth letters in a way between two good friends. But then we, we, we wanted to open up so that more people could hopefully benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Okay. How long did it take you to actually form it all together and say, okay, this is going to go here, that's going to... Like, was it all just literally just pile it all in? Yeah, so we had... <clears throat> We probably should have thought about it a bit better because uh, <laughs> we wanted to have, in the end, one page, essentially one page for one day. Yeah. But we didn't think ahead that that's about 250 to 300 words. And sometimes we're writing like 1,200 words to each other. Okay. So eventually, I mean, if we published the whole thing, it would have been like the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to cut out, we had to cut out a lot of it and just try and yeah, just try and reduce it to its essence. So we wrote it over a year and then it took another couple of months and then we worked with an editor through the publishing company to, um, yeah, to just get it as tight as possible. And before you've done the book, then, do you read often yourself? I have a sort of a mixed relationship in that I'm a really slow reader and whenever I was a kid, that often put me off because it would take me so long to to get through a book. And I also took on this belief that if you start a book, you have to finish it. Mm -hmm. So I'd often just be holding onto this one book and I'm on page 256 out of 500 and I just wasn't progressing. Mm -hmm. So I definitely don't read as often as I'd like to. Mm -hmm. um, the books that I do read are often uh, related to psychology or spirituality. Um, but I do a lot of, I do on a daily basis, I do a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not that's articles or papers or yeah, the certain books that I'll I have and pick up or audiobooks I might I listen to mm -hmm. quite a okay. few. Okay. Um any any recommendations on audiobooks? I know P yeah. you love an audio book. I do like an audiobook. Yeah, that's a good what's the last uh I I'm not sure I'm sure it probably will be an audiobook, but but a book that I definitely recommend is called The Untethered Soul. Okay. By Michael Singer. Okay. And it touches a, a lot upon the themes that we've talked about today. You might like the um, the humble poet. <laughs> the humble poet. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, it's got two books. Nice. Yeah, very much the same sort of theme we're discussing yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, and then actually, in the last chapter, I'm not giving anything away. Uh, well, no, I am giving something away. Although <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but I'm not a you know, it's not like a, the end of a plot or anything. But he he really brings it back down to one question and he says, you know, a lot of the time in life we have different choices and options that we're grappling with, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of career, relationship, uh, God, religion, whatever it is. But he, he said, you can bring it all back down to one question, which is, do I want to be happy? Now, instantly our mind might say, well, yeah, I do want to be happy, but my wife left me, or my father died, or uh, I don't have much money, 
or I'm really struggling right now. But these are all qualifications to that initial question. It's essentially what our mind is saying is, I want to be happy given I reach all these criteria. Mm -hmm. And if I don't reach these criteria, if I don't have these qualifications, I don't want to be happy. And so it's more and more beginning to let go of the ideas that we have about happiness, what we think we need to be happy, and actually appreciating that we can be happy right now. We actually all have what we need to feel happy and fulfilled in this moment. And you see it when you're traveling. I'm just back from Egypt or, you know, I've spent time in India um, or other countries where there's huge poverty or their level of, of, of what they have is so much less. But the kids are generally happier. The, the families are generally happy together. So I guess a true essence of the happy paradox that you mentioned in the article you wrote. Mm. Um, could you explain a bit more about that? Because you did meant you did give three tips, and I know one of them was when consuming your food, like be mindful. Yeah, like, that's one of the tips that you gave. Yeah, was that where you go from? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mentioned it before. That's why. No, I'm, yeah, I mentioned that prior, but okay. this is from from your article that you wrote about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just going to read that article before I came on, and I should have. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> I did my homework. One thing that I was going to read, and then I was like, probably won't come up. <laughs> I, did, I did my homework. I did yeah, my homework. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, essentially, there's a paradox in that over the last seven decades, our real incomes have trebled. But then at the same time, happiness levels have often flatlined or the reporting of mental health disorders has gone up. Mm -hmm. And whilst, without a shadow of a doubt, money brings opportunity Mm. and money brings uh, certain luxuries and can, can really add a huge amount to someone's life. On the other hand, in my mind, money and happiness are two separate issues. Mm -hmm. So do I want to have money? Absolutely. Do I want to have more money? Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, I want to have a lot of money or I want to be able to provide for my family or I want to experience this or I don't want to have to worry about money. That's, I think that that's an individual individual choice and that's absolutely fine. Where we, we get into treacherous waters is when we think I want to be happy so I want to have this money because I've worked with so many people who reach global fame, Mm -hmm. reach an inordinate amount of power within society Mm. have more wealth than you could even know what to do with and yet they're not happy or there's a gnawing sense of dissatisfaction in life or that something's missing from their life Mm or that, or their self-esteem is low and they just don't feel like they deserve it or they got lucky or that they're good enough. Mm -hmm. And these are two different paths. It's the external path, and definitely we want to progress on that, but there's the internal path of our own fulfillment and our own appreciation for who we are. And I think as much as possible we need to recognize that they're two different paths and it's important that we progress on both. But a lot of what society pushes out is that external, external path without, but forgetting about cultivating the values that we want to have in life. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what advice do you give to clients that they probably mostly dismiss? Uh, is there anything that you would ask or tell your client to do or think about, but you find that in, co- in, com- in general they kind of dismiss it or mm. they don't take it on board? More and more, I'll now not even give advice. Okay. Because uh, I find people change most whenever they have their own insights. And so what I'll really try and do is either be a mirror to hold up a reflection of where they are Mm. or ask some questions to guide them down a certain path. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they might go down that path, they might go to a different one, but it's really about exploration and it's about me accepting I don't have the answers 
you know, I might have ideas or hypotheses to explore, but I don't know what's right for this person. I will say to my clients, you're an expert in who you are. You know yourself better than I ever will or anyone else ever will. But I'm an expert in psychology and together we can work together to find out how we can take some of the things I know to benefit your life and how I can also learn from you. And so, yeah, so for every person it's different. But to try and answer your question more directly, directly, I think the thing that people struggle with the most is this idea it's it's letting go of a lot of the deep seated beliefs that we've that we've built up over time. Even about happiness, you know, can I be happy now without that person in my life? Because mm-hmm. it's a real struggle because we've often, even in relationships after a long period of time, we often define ourselves through that other person. But the way that I'll often describe it to people is that life is a little bit like there's a symphony playing. There's a symphony playing in the background, and when you're with a certain person or you're in a certain career, that symphony sounds a certain way. Mm-hmm. But even after that person leaves or your career ends or you're no longer at, in the limelight, the symphony is simply just change, change music. Mm. It's then about appreciating that new song. And no matter what happens, we can find a way of appreciating that, that song if we're open to it. I was going to say, how how do you go about that? Because if you don't like the the tune of the new song, and you're used to say the the pre just to an energy a relationship, yeah, you're used to that relationship just the way everything was the setup, then it falls apart. How do you then get used to being not just I guess in a relationship with yourself because that's essentially what's going to happen. Like, yeah, what, what do you tell that person? Yeah. On the one hand, I'd say it's about recognizing when we're living in expectations, Mm -hmm. when we're living in almost, we're living in our mind. We're living in an internal model of the way that we want life to be. But there's one truth that I've found to replay over and over again, is that we get hurt when expectations clash with reality. But reality always wins because reality is real. Mm. And then there has to be a point in life or it's beneficial whenever we begin to let go of our expectations and deal with where we are. Because when we really deal with where we are, we can then also accept and appreciate what we have, but then still create, we can often get a sense of meaning from progress and we can still create a new vision or a new journey or a new place that we want to go. And it's almost that dichotomy of appreciating that you are whole and complete the way you are right now, mm. but then there's also always room for progress. So it's almost a paradox where mm. it's all is well now and the best is yet to come. Okay. And I think... I like that. Yeah. Oh, cool. No, I like that. Really do. Uh, we normally ask our guests, well, we are going to ask our guests three last questions. But yeah. before we do that, is there anything else that you guys wanted to ask? No, um, that last thing I was I was gonna laugh actually. Um, you talk about <laughs> expectation versus reality. I was gonna say that was very similar to the Inception, the film. Yeah, there we go. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say it. I was like, come on, come on, Harry, come on, Harry, come on. Um, but before I let you go, how do you tie everything, everything. back? Inception. You talk about layers, and I was like, totally. Yeah, great film. Totally. It's the mind no, within the mind. Because yeah. yeah. the next thing, like, oh, well, do you know what? The other thing, Inception. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one, uh, last, one, one last thing I know Mason kind of nodded at me um, whilst you were saying you were talking no. about travelling now one go <laughs> I knew they were going to do it cut <laughs> <laughs> no but I'm actually going to um, kind of we'll put a different spin on it there yeah. I say um, because you were talking about um, finding happiness and I think you were talking about values and, I, and the, what I was thinking as you were speaking was mm. actually apart from going away and enjoying the Traveling, or enjoying <laughs> enjoying traveling, mm-hmm. um, you you kind of go to kind of strip like things away. So um, mm. what's the, important and what's not is that yeah, what you mean? or like what's some of the poor values that we have. So we're right. talking about money and a few other material things and so on mm. and so forth. Because you kind of like made a difference between money and I think I forget the other one, money and your happiness. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think I learned to. I think I'd been here so long. Well, back so long after traveling in 2012, I'd forgotten some of those values which I really held and cherished. Mm-hmm. So I needed to go away again to kind of reestablish those values 
and then continue almost learn to be happy again yeah. absolutely and that and that's actually a key part of uh of the book of mindful year and a key part of my own life in that it's appreciating that that true fulfillment comes from living your life in line with your values yeah. and whenever you are acting on those values every day irrespective of the outcome you'll you'll feel more satisfied and you'll have that source of meaning in your life and there's a quote which i really love by a, a guy called royal robbins who was a a free climber and he would he would scale often the mountains in yosemite but he was one of the first pioneers rather than damaging the surface of the rock by um hammering in different um climbing tools into mm. the rock he wanted to find a way of preserving the natural beauty mm. and he said getting to the top is nothing mm -hmm. the way you do it is everything and that had a profound effect on me in that you know i might have certain goals you know you i might want to reach have a certain level of wealth or mm. um have like different career um achievements or have a woman in my life or a family but if i achieve that by hurting other people and creating a wake of destruction and being dishonest and being deceitful and being selfish and just I <laughs> <laughs> no because a book's come to mind power power yeah, yeah. straight away and i thought you were on the same wavelength obviously yeah, no it wasn't same wavelength. Wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. i was thinking yeah. oh, you tell good stories man <laughs> <laughs> no but even 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 what yeah, as you were saying it, i was yeah straight power. away yeah, yeah. but even what dr harry was saying also what sprung to my mind was pep guardiola and football and winning and the way he wants to win so we're big mm, football fans and yeah. it's just like I remember his first season when he came to the UK and he was saying, you can't win that way. He said, this is my value. This is how I play. Yeah. We win this way or we don't, or we just, or if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm not going to compromise. Yeah. It's it's about the beauty yeah. and it has eventually worked, but that came to my mind as well. Yeah. Some people will do anything. They'll cheat, they'll dive. Pep's like, no playoff from the back. And do you know what I mean? It's yeah. been rolled out and a lot of teams are trying to play like that. So yeah. It, yeah. it, another kind of yeah um that's that's a great analogy yeah. and one that people are built to relate to as well. yeah and then yeah a couple of things that means that you can put your head down at night mm -hmm. and have a much clearer conscience and be able to you know feel good about that but also no matter whether or not you achieve the outcome or not you're going to feel fulfilled along the way yeah and that's and that's life life is what we're doing day in day out it's not those individual moments that come when you win one world cup you know, how long does that last for? It's what we're doing, all the training, all the matches, everything up until that point. Yeah. But I actually believe that whenever you also do act in line with your values, there's a force to it that can often even make it more likely that you'll achieve what you want to achieve in the end as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, truly, living with your essence. Yeah, living yeah. with your essence, I like that. Uh, we're going to ask, ask the last three questions. So the first one being, what are the three top values that you bring to your business? Oof. I'm going, to, I'm going to sound quite American now. Um, I would say, uh, I, I thought about this a couple of years ago whenever I was beginning to to, to write them down. And initially I wrote down individual words. Um, so like authenticity or compassion or empathy. And now I've tried to make them a bit more, a bit more actionable. So one is be yourself. Mm -hmm. I think so often in so often in life we're we're often maybe trying to emulate or trying to fit into that mold of, of who we think we should be of who we think our partner wants us to be or our parents or yeah. society and actually there comes great freedom and liberation from getting to know who you are and being okay with that and finding different ways to express yourself something jumped to mind when did you discover this poker Traveling. Traveling. You got in him There's no more for you to say there. Right? No, 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 no. Um the other one is be to be truthful. Uh you know, to be truthful to my clients, mm -hmm. uh, to my family, to my friends, to 
to myself as well, being totally honest. And because I think whenever, when we're truthful and we live in honesty, we've got nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. Fear comes from when we live in the dark and we begin to hide things or we begin to, yeah, be dishonest. But if you can really just be truthful, it is what it is. You know, we're all imperfect. We make mistakes and we can be honest about it. Mm -hmm. And then we can find a way to move on and to grow through it and to then, you know, become a better person and to be helpful as much as possible. If I'm in a situation, I try and remind myself if I can make the situation a little bit better, a bit more positive, Mm -hmm. if I can, whether or not that's ordering a cup of coffee and being just being pleasant to the person that's making me a cup of coffee or smiling at someone or listening to someone or being, yeah, just making any situation a bit better than the way I, I left it. And I, you can take that to bigger degrees in terms of the impact we're having now in terms of sustainability on, you know, on our on our carbon footprint and, mm-hmm. and thinking about things on a larger scale, but even <coughs> just on a simple scale as well. Um, they'd probably be my three. Okay, brilliant. Uh, and what three realistic wishes would you have if you could? Three realistic wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> mine are going to be completely random. Go for it. Okay. Um, so what comes to mind would be at school that people would be, that children would be taught more about their mind, okay. taught about psychology, about about thoughts, about emotions, being able to understand them, and just having a basic understanding of the way that our minds operate, because I think we'd all be so much more empowered um, to be able to connect, and particularly this notion of masculinity and what it means to to be strong. You know, there's so many cultural references of boys don't cry or yeah. we need to just, um, yeah, disconnect from our emotions. And like you said, that often then leads to much worse outcomes further down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, more education in terms of our mind. Um, random one, maybe an Instagram to get rid of so that no one could see how many followers anyone had yeah. or how many likes anyone has. That may be coming soon. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that not. it could be. Apparently it's coming, yeah. but we don't know. But it's a good realistic wish. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be curious to see, does that change then what we post? We're not then hopefully posting less for external recognition and more just because... A lot of people's career will be over though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, true. Well... Well, and then for them, my third wish would relate to them that hopefully that they'd find find their way by going traveling. <laughs> <laughs> that is my man, right? Look at the time <laughs> we all need. Everyone needs to go away. I'm not gonna live it down. I love the timing. Awesome timing. I'm using that with all my clients. <laughs> Everyone's going to be travelling around the world. <laughs> We're looking like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess the last question is, what yeah. three books could you not live without? Oof. Um, so yes, I'd mentioned The Untethered Soul. Yeah. Uh, a book that I haven't read since I was a kid. But it was the first book that ever made me cry. <clears throat> the Hungry Caterpillar. that was the second (laughs) was um, of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck it's like a novella it's very short but I remember it taught me about friendship loneliness and how how compassion can be can be hard at times Mm -hmm. you know doing the right thing can be really difficult yeah it's a good book Uh, and actually I read a, um, a quote by Steinbeck Mm-hmm. Once and he said, "If you understand each other, you will be kind to each other." Mm. And that's always stayed with me. If I can understand what someone's going through, mm. it's so much easier to be kind to them. I like that. Mm-hmm. And the third one for me would probably be the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I probably identify most with Christianity, but my father's Muslim. I really resonate. Buddhism really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a potentially a bit unusual. I, I see religions as different vehicles towards a greater truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on where you're born in the world depends often on what religion you're born mm-hmm. with, but they all contain different, um, 
ways of achieving kind of sense of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. But I found that through my through the most difficult times of my life, by having faith and turning to God in some way, that's helped me through um, cool. my darkest times. So. So I actually did have one or two more questions. Actually, I do apologise. I know yeah, you messed up the whole. Story. Yeah, I know. I, you know, you know what? I was thinking. Oh my god, I forgot. Um, it was. I mean, what would the one thing you would change in your industry if you had the opportunity to do so? And then also the one thing you would like to be remembered, remembered for? Yeah. Oof. I don't know if they kind of big questions. Together, but... Something I change in my industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important we have lots of different voices, but something that's, that's important to me is I, I work from an evidence base. So I'll look at, I want to understand the research in an area because often whenever something's been researched, you're applying really rig rigorous criteria, you're evaluating it and you're doing it over multiple studies over decades. And I often feel like I'm on pretty solid ground when I'm working with evidence and and I think it's important we have alternative uh, approaches, but that we're clear about what is being based on on evidence and what is someone's opinion. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to the person to decide what they want to do with it. But I think it can be a really confusing space. Nutrition, health, well-being can be, there's so much noise and often the people with the biggest reach and the biggest voices aren't approaching something from a scientific point of view, but that's not clear. And so I think just having more clarity would be would be important. And was it, what would I want to be remembered, remembered for? As? It doesn't have to be anything. Um... Uh, probably just a good friend. Okay. I think if, I think a lot of the time we can have such big aspirations and that's good mm -hmm. and that's great and that's wonderful. But at the same time, we can sometimes forget the people closest to us. And actually, at the end of the day, if, you know, if my brother says I'm a good brother or my wife says I'm a good husband or my friend considers me a good friend, I'll be a happy man. That's nice. Mm. Can you just, um, uh, Dr. can you just tell our listeners, viewers, um, subscribers where they can reach you? And where they can reach it, where they can find your book. If you want to be reached. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so I'll give my address. <laughs> uh, Instagram's probably what I'm on most. Sure. So it's um, Dr. Dot, uh, lowercase line, A-R-I-A, -A, uh, or my website, dr-aria.com. And then the, the book is on yeah Amazon or Big Depository or mm -hmm. so it's published in the States, but it's okay. um it can yeah, it can be ordered on Amazon. Amazon's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Or Kindle if you want the audio version, but you mm -hmm. can cool. get it there. Oh, Excellent. Oh, thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Uh well, we may have to have you on again as a the psychotherapist specialist. you'd have me back yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, definitely. Why not? let's do it <laughs> <laughs> it'd be my honour I loved it I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you and having the different sure. perspectives as well brilliant because yeah. really when you think about it also with you know coming back again mm -hmm. it pretty much just all comes back to inception yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inception I love that excellent alright cool um, don't forget like subscribe comment this will be out on YouTube I always do this where I list, try and list all the socials I forget so on, we're on all your socials YouTube Facebook Instagram Twitter Acast Podcasts iTunes wow you're doing it well excellent yeah, Spotify uh, Spotify, we're on all the socials at fully booked or at fully underscore e underscore booked or at yeah. fully something like that. We're there, it will be on, it will be listed out anyway. But thanks for joining us. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.